Hi, everyone, and welcome. My name is Aaron Smith. I'm joined by Nancy Bakeman, and this is Module 8. And today we're going to cover the R405 and R406 performance path options and upgrades in the 2021 IECC. And we're pleased, as always, to have uh, Joe Nebbia from Newport Partners here with us today. Welcome, Joe. Well, thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Nancy. I'm happy to be back and, and happy to be closing out this series on the Energy Code. It's been really enjoyable for me to talk about it with all of you. Um, if you haven't caught any of the previous modules, uh, we go through a lot of different things like the general compliance process, windows and insulation, installation details, air sealing, and mechanical systems. Uh, and then today is the is the final uh, situation where we're going to talk about the final module. We're going to talk about, uh, as Aaron said, those performance paths R405 and 406. Those are different options for compliance, and then also the additional efficiency packages which are required in the new 2021 IECC. And I talk about these because they're they can be very confusing. But they also can offer builders a lot of options when it comes to compliance flexibility. And, uh, and that can be important when you figure out the most cost-effective way for you to build your code-compliant home and even going beyond code. And in a lot of ways, these paths will recognize um, areas where you're already beyond code anyway. Today, we're going to have some quizzes as we go through uh, this process. If you're listening to the live uh, session, if you're, if you're on the recording, obviously the quiz won't be live. And there's three different ways that you can access the quiz. And I recommend you do it now so that you're set up for when we get to the slides and then it'll just pop up for you. Um, the first way that you can participate is to go to slido.com in another window uh, next to your webinar and just... Uh, type in this code. So slido.com and the code you see here, this isn't a live link on my slide that you can click on, but type that into your browser and you can go there uh, and then just go to that window when, when we launch each quiz and you can answer the questions and participate a little bit. Another way is use your QR reader on your phone and that will take you directly there with this QR code. And then finally, there's a link that I posted in the chat and maybe uh, Aaron or Nancy, if you could repost it for folks who are just joining us. I just posted um, it, Joe, and right. people could just click on that, open it in a new window That's and follow right. along there as well. That's right, and you'll go directly there. So you shouldn't have to register for anything when you use any of these. So if you do just try one of the other options and it will work for you. Um, so I hope that you can participate in those. It makes it a little bit more interactive in this kind of an environment. Um, and if you are listening to the recording, uh, you know, I, I hope that, that uh, you'll follow up with any questions that you have. If you're here live with us today, please type in your questions as we go into the chat or the Q&A, and, uh, and we'll try to uh, answer them as they come in. So I'm going to just give a brief reminder of what we covered high level in in module one, which is the different compliance options, because we're going to need to remember to reference that as we talk about the details uh, in these paths today. Um, so 2009 and 2012, uh, before any of these slides, those versions of the IECC were more simple. It was either prescriptive path or section R405, uh, the simulated performance alternative. Those are your options. 
you do all the mandatory items and then you do either prescriptive, which is like a checklist of what you have to do, or you do this performance model of the home and it's uh, based on an energy cost uh, calculation in those codes. Very simple in 2012 or 2009 as far as options are concerned. 2015 added a third path, the R406 energy rating index. Uh, and that that's still present today. Uh, so these are our options in 2015 or 2018 IECC. So if you have those codes um, in your jurisdiction, uh, I will talk about how those paths work in those codes as well. Um, it looks a little bit different and more complicated in 2021 IECC. The three paths are called the prescriptive compliance option, the total building performance option, that's R405, and the energy rating index option, which is R406. Um, there's a little bit different terminology there. Uh, and the, the terminology of something being mandatory is no longer in the code. However, in most cases, things that were mandatory are still required by all three paths. So in 2021, if we say mandatory, what we really mean is all three paths require that item. Um, and most of the prescriptive path is in fact required in uh, 405 and 406, as far as installation details and anything that used to be kind of mandatory uh, in nature. You do, do still have some flexibility on say your insulation amounts, your window uh, U values, things of that nature. And we've talked about those in the, in the earlier models, uh, modules. Um, but those are our different, three different paths in 2021. And if you choose, depending on which path you choose, you also have to add an additional efficiency in 2021. So if you choose the prescriptive compliance option, which we're not really talking as much about today, you have to choose one of these R408 section additional efficiency packages, and I'll cover those at the end of the class. If you choose a total building performance option, you either have to choose one of those additional efficiency packages or be 5% better than the reference design target in your performance calculation. One of the reasons it's called total building performance instead of simulated performance alternative in 2021 is that you can do either an energy cost measurement or an energy use measurement. Um, the software does the modeling anyway, but both of those are, are options for that software model in 2021. So they changed the name a little bit there. Um, energy rating index option is still there. And instead of that additional efficiency package, that's not really an option because most of the things that are in those packages get you credit in R406 to meeting your targets. Um, so in the energy rating index option, you have to meet the target plus be 5% better than it in 2021. That's how they account for it. So we'll talk about that as we get to that compliance path. But that's just a reminder of the different options that are available as we get into 2021 IECC. So let's start with the section 405. It's either the simulated performance alternative before 2021 or that total building performance option in 2021. And as I said, this is in general an energy cost budget calculation where my home as I'm designing it 
has to be equal to or lower than the energy cost that would be used by a, uh, a reference design home. It's a home that's designed to be your mirror home or, or a duplicate home, but with the code minimum requirements and with limits uh, put on, on what you can get credit for. Um, so in 2021, you could also do energy use instead of energy costs. But again, it's the same type of calculation. Um, in all of the codes, in R405, you can go up or down on things that are prescriptive in nature that aren't mandatory or aren't required in, in all three uh, paths, like, like uh, 2021 calls it. Um, so if it's something that's just prescriptive, just in the prescriptive path and not referenced in R405 as a requirement, then you have some flexibility on that. And an example would be how much in insulation you have to put in. That's prescriptive in nature. It's just an example. Um, but uh, uh, you can trade up or down on that, meaning you can get credit for going beyond code. You can put in less than code as long as you're putting efficiency somewhere else within the limits of this path. The mandatory requirements, I can do better than in section 405 and I will get credit for my calculation. So if I um, have a one ACH 50 house, even though that was a mandatory that I had to be at a three ACH 50 in, in say 2015 IC, IECC, um, I could do better than that and take credit for that in my calculation. I can't do worse than that mandatory target in R405. Some of the major limits to R405, and it is a pretty limited path as far as the calculation goes uh, as, and as far as flexibility involved. Um, heating and cooling equipment efficiency does not get you credit. So heating and, cooling, heating and cooling equipment efficiency minimums are set by federal regulation, not by code. But let's say I had a really efficient system. Maybe I've got a ground source heat pump, or maybe I've got a 98 AFUE furnace or a SEER 21 air source heat pump. Um, I'm going to use less energy than if I put in that, that minimum efficiency equipment. But R405 doesn't give you credit for that. What happens in the software calculation is that the efficiency of your heating and cooling system matches the efficiency of your of, of the designed reference design. So if I put in a SEER 21 air source heat pump, then my reference design also has a SEER 21 air source heat pump. Um, so what that means is you can't put in efficient mechanical equipment and get a credit against something like insulation or windows using this path. Uh, the same thing with domestic hot water. Uh, if I have a, a tankless gas or a heat pump water heater, uh, that efficiency is not gonna get me credit toward code compliance, uh, at least as far as the calculation is concerned. Now. All of those things come into play in some of the, the uh, additional efficiency packages required in 2021. So they might get you credit now in meeting that extra 5%, but not in meeting the baseline calculation. And before 2021, it didn't make any difference at all. 
Lighting and uh, on-site generation are not included in the scope of the calculation. So being above code on your lighting or producing a bunch of solar doesn't make a difference as far as, um, as, far as this calculation goes and your compliance. The different softwares you'll use, I'm just putting some of the common ones on there. There's other ones that can do this type of calculation, but the HERS softwares tend to also do a section 405 calculation, ecotrope, energy gauge, REM rate, just in, I think, alpha, alphabetical order there. Um, so if you have a, a HERS rater doing a, a HERS rating on your home, you could get them to also run this report. There's other softwares out there uh, uh, that can do it as well, but these are the ones we see most commonly. Um, and so it will do this calculation and give a compliance report uh, depending on what code you're in. And you have to be equal to or less than that energy target. ResCheck does not do a total R405 compliance report currently. Uh, so that's something to keep in mind. There is something called, I think it's simulated performance or something like that in there, but it doesn't do a full simulated performance alternative calculation according to the code. So keep that in mind. ResCheck is just a prescriptive compliance tool. Some examples of things you might do with this, uh, with this path to gain some flexibility. Let's say, um, you know, I'm really bad at sealing my ducts. The duct tightness target has been in the code since 2015 prescriptive. 2012 was actually mandatory, but 15 it became prescriptive. So let's say I always miss my target. I could plan for how I actually perform in duct sealing and model the home that way. And then maybe I'm better at sealing the building envelope. Maybe not a likely scenario, but this is just an example. Um, maybe also I don't wanna use um, uh, the pipe insulation, which is listed as prescriptive in the code, uh, hot water pipes, but I do wanna use triple pane windows. Again, that's not really a cost, uh, uh, a likely cost scenario that that trade-off will be made, but just an example. Um, I can do those things. I can be leakier on my duct target and get rid of the hot water pipe insulation if I'm really tight on my building envelope and I've used triple pane windows. And actually I'm probably gonna be well beyond my energy cost target at that point uh, as far as being better than compliance because the, the efficiency I get out of that envelope is gonna be pretty significant. Uh, but I could do that if I, again, if I'm really bad at sealing ducts, if I just can't find pipe insulation in this supply chain issue environment we're in, um, maybe that's how you could go about it. I would see a lot more things uh, dealing with insulation installation requirements before 2021. So 2015, the slab edge insulation requirements were prescriptive as far as the insulation details of having to come to the top of the slab edge and going uh, uh, two feet and, and these sorts of things. That was prescriptive in detail. And so builders who didn't like to deal with that slab edge complication would model it as an uninsulated slab in R405 and, uh, and they could still comply using performance path. 2021, the slab edge details are mandatory now, so you, you can't do that. 
anymore, but that's an example of what people would do with it. Some of the changes in 2021 building performance, total building performance option, there's now an insulation backstop or an, a mandatory minimum that wasn't in the code before, and that's an amount of insulation. So before 2021, I could trade off as much as the calculation would allow in my insulation and windows. Now, 2021, you have to have at least 2009 IECC insulation and window levels. It, what, and it's and it's described as what's in the table. Um, so, you know, if climate zone four, for example, R13 was the requirement in the wall, I could do that, but I can't put an R11 wall in, in an above grade wood frame wall, because that's worse than what code would have allowed in 2009 in the prescriptive tables. Um, so that backstop now exists. It, it essentially, mandates that the home has a minimum envelope performance level uh, while still allowing some amount of flexibility. Again, mandatory items you can't trade off. 2021 doesn't call it that, but it has a table that lists all the sections you need to comply with. And I'll show those in just a moment. The measurement, we talked about how it can be energy cost budget or a BTU per square foot of conditioned floor area measurement. Uh, and then there's this new requirement that you have to either do the additional efficiency package or be 5% better than the energy cost budget. And really, you're going to have a hard time, I think, making that 5% energy cost budget target with the limits on how much you can really get credit for in this path. I mean, most of what you can get credit for in this path is the envelope being better, where you know, a lot of builders are putting in high efficiency equipment and water heating already, but you don't get credit for that. So hitting that 5% beyond is going to have to be pretty strategic, or you're going to have to look at one of those efficiency packages where you then might be able to get credit for some of the additional efficiency you're already putting in the building, but doesn't come into the calculation. This is part of the table that lists all the different sections that are required uh, by R405. So you get to R405 and it says, meet this performance target and you have to do all these sections. Again, in before 2021, it was just do everything that's mandatory. So I've got a very clear label that says, this section is mandatory, this section is prescriptive. Now I've got to look at this table and it tells me all the different sections that I've got to go back to then and see what I have to do. And in some cases, these sections will then point to other sections. So an example of that is the air barrier uh, uh, and insulation installation table. So that's, you see there are 402.4.1.1, that table is mandatory um, or it's required by R405. And when I go to that table, it points to other sections in the code that I also have to do. So it, it's a little confusing and you have to make sure you really look at this closely to know what you have to do. Now, there is something I want to point out here, and this is important because it's confusing. There's an error in the current printing of the 2021 IECC, and it's a problematic error. Um, the table lists R403.3, which is ducts. It's a section on ducts. 
Um, and then it says you have to do that. But then it says you don't have to do, there's some exceptions, R403.3.2, which is, I believe, the uh, ducts in condition space section. And R403.3.3, which are, where it talks about burying ducts, those aren't mandatory. You have to do the duct stuff like sealing and insulating and testing. All of that's within R403.3, but you don't have to do some of these other things. I still don't have to have my ducts in condition space according to code. So that's why those exceptions are there. But then it says R403.3.6, except it doesn't say that. So in the past, 2015 and 2018, R403.3.6, that's the duct testing target. So that's the for CFM 25 uh, target that I have to hit. And that's been prescriptive for several years. But when this table got reorganized, what happened was they accidentally referenced R403.6 as an exception. So it said, so in this table, if it was printed as it is in the IECC, it would say except 403.3.2, 403.3.3, and 403.6 which doesn't make any sense because R403.6 isn't part of R403.3. So it can't be accepted from that section. In addition, if you look here, R403.6 is required later in the table. So there's a conflict in how it's been printed. And that's because they meant to type 403.3.6, which was the duct testing target. And if you look at the ERI path, they print it correctly. So the code as it's printed is currently problematic in that one part of the table. And it's important that you check in with your code official to, to make sure they're interpreting it the same way. But again, because R403.6 can't be accepted from R403.3, and because you see the correct example done in the ERI path, and we look at the passcode and saw that this target was prescriptive in nature, we can infer that in fact, they meant to type 403.3.6. And I hope that gets corrected soon, but it's important to check that if you're thinking you're gonna miss on your duct tightness target. Uh, it should be prescriptive as, as far as the intent of the code, but the table currently has that misprint in it. Again, this is just the rest of the code and most of what you see here, rest of the required sections of R403.405, excuse me. Um, the rest of what you see here is stuff that would have been mandatory in past versions of the code. Uh, so no major surprises really other than that, that one section being misprinted. So this is our first question. If you've already logged into the, uh, into the, um, Slido, you should see this pop up either in your window or on your phone, and you can answer this. And the question is, if I use section R405 for compliance, can I use efficient heating and cooling system as a trade-off to gain compliance flexibility? And it looks like we've got a little bit of participation so far. I'm going to give it just a little bit longer because folks are trying this for the first time today. Okay, I'm going to go ahead. And the answer is no, I can't 
use efficient heating and cooling systems as a trade-off as part of that 405 calculation. Because whatever I put into the system as my house, it's going to be matched in the reference design. So it doesn't get me any credit there. I'm glad to see everybody got that correct. Now, if I use R405 for compliance, can I install solar on site instead of air sealing? And I think this will be obvious for everybody, but I've been surprised before. So um, go ahead and answer if you can. The answer is no, that's correct. Partly because on-site solar isn't in the calculation. Now, if you've listened to our previous uh, modules, you'll know that the air sealing target, the three ACH 50 is actually now flexible up to five in one of these performance paths, five ACH 50. Um, if you can make up that energy. Um, before 2021, it was a mandatory target and you couldn't trade off against air sealing at all. Um, but the air tightness target does have some flexibility in climate zones three to eight now in 2021 performance path. So, you know, as I said, feel free to type in your questions if you do have any about R405. I know it's confusing. Uh, and my one, if you take away one thing from this, it's if you're using the performance path, read the code carefully to know exactly all of the sections that you still have to do in addition to meeting your performance target, because it's really most of the code. It gives you a little bit of flexibility. The next section, R406, is the energy rating index. And this was introduced, uh, as I said, in 2015. It wasn't an option before that. Uh, and it's a whole home energy calculation uh, based on energy use, not energy cost. Uh, and it's another compliance option that tends to provide more overall flexibility. However, it's also, as far as the, the codes that have had it, been much more stringent than a, uh, just a baseline prescriptive home would have been, much more efficient. Code makes you meet a more stringent energy target than the prescriptive target. So in order to get that flexibility, you have to have a much more efficient home. So the basics of how this works, it's a whole house energy scale, a 100, an ERI of 100 equals the 2006 IECC prescriptive home. An ERI of zero is a home that uses no net energy. Uh, and each point represents a 1% energy use reduction relative to that 100. So if I've got a 50, that's not 1% better than 51. It's something different than that because it's all relative to the 100, but uh, it's still close to 1%. Um, this is sort of based on ResNet ICC 301, and I'll explain what I mean by sort of, but uh, 2015 did not have a, a reference standard. 2018 and 2021 do have a reference standard, but then they alter the standard a little bit. So the history of this path, it was introduced in 2015. Uh, and, and the general concept was it was a way to introduce HERS rating, which was commonly used in above code programs into the code as a way of code compliance. Uh, however, HERS at the time was a proprietary standard. And so 
the term energy rating index was used, but it essentially described at the time a HERS index. There was no standard then that was linked. And the only real way to do it practically was to do a HERS rating. It, the, the reference home of 2006 IECC was the same. The 100 point scale was the same. Uh, so essentially people were doing a HERS index. For 2018, the code actually references the new consensus standard for energy rating index uh, that was developed by ResNet and they used a consensus process. And so then it was referenceable by code. Uh, however, the code references a specific year of this standard, whereas the, the ResNet 301 standard is constantly being updated. So a HERS rating for that reason might look a little different than the ERI because the rating standard has been updated um, compared to the code reference. In addition, it might look a little different because in 2018, there was an amendment added to the code, which changed the ventilation rate assumed by the reference home. It doesn't sound like a big deal, but what it did in practice was further diverge ANSI 301, which is a consensus standard, but from what had to happen in the code calculation. So now not only are HERS and ERI slightly different, but the a ResNet 301 ERI and a code ERI are slightly different. Probably more than you all need to know, but in case you use those indices for marketing the sales of your home, it might look a little different than what's on the code report. And that's important to know some of the reasons behind that. Um, 2021 IECC, again, reference the updated resident standard. It still has this issue of a specific year, not really an issue, it's just how it is. And um, and then what I think is an issue of a different ventilation rate uh, being, being used uh, for the calculation. So uh, requirements for the energy rating index, you have to meet the energy rating index that's in the code. There's a table of energy rating index targets. You have to be there or lower. Uh, you have to meet all the mandatory items in the code or in 2021, there's a table of sections you have to meet. Um, there are backstops to how far you can trade, and we'll discuss those on the following slides. And then uh, at most of the sections that were mandatory in the 2021 now, now are required by this path uh, that were mandatory before 2021 are now required. Um, duct insulation, uh, did have a little bit of flexibility in former paths. Now that's something that you basically have to do um, as it's shown in the prescriptive path. So you don't really get to trade duct insulation at all in this path anymore. Here are some parts of the table. Again, it looks almost exactly like that, um, that R405 table. One thing you'll see at the top there is 5% better ERI. So, in 2021, I can't just look at the table and know my ERI, I've gotta be 5% better. So in 2015 or 2018, I look at the table and I say, that's a score I've gotta beat. 2021 just says 5% better. So you have to multiply it by 0.95 to know your actual energy rating target. It would have been really helpful for them to just change the, the table in the code, but that's not how it's written. 
Um, so you have to, you have to have that 5% better. Um, the, the section is actually written correct for the duct tightness target. Uh, so that's, we already talked about that in R405, but it's written correct in R406. Um, and just a, a quick reminder, um, I think I've got a duplicate slide here, but oh yeah, there it is. The air barrier and insulation installation table. When you look at that, it points to other sections in the code. So just keep that in mind. You can't just look at this table and say, those are the sections. I've got to go to those sections and find what sections are referenced. It's kind of a confusing path the way it's laid out. So you have to pay careful attention. Uh, now I'm going to talk a little bit about the targets and kind of what they mean uh, from an energy rating index point of view. Um, for 2015, these are the targets that were introduced. This is the, the target that I have to be equal to or lower than because lower is better uh, in the energy rating index if I want to use this as my compliance path. Uh, so 2015, if I'm in climate zone seven, I have to have an ERI of 53 or lower which is about 47% better than that 2006 IECC home as a baseline. If I'm in climate zone one, I have to be a 52, which is 48% better than that 2006 home, approximately. Um, in general, for a little bit of context, the prescriptive path in 2015 was around the, on a national average, about a 74 somewhere in the mid 70s range. So these targets are at least 20 points more stringent than the prescriptive path. If I were to just take a prescriptive home and plug it into the software. So you have to be much more efficient if you're gonna use this as your code compliance, but it does allow you some flexibility. 2018, uh, the targets actually got less stringent. So you'll see here, the, the numbers are higher which is not as stringent. So if I look at that climate zone seven again, I'm now only 42% better instead of the 47% better. Um, in climate zone one, I'm 43 instead of 48% better. So a lot of people will ask me, well, does that mean the code got less stringent? And I don't think so because what happened here in 2015 is that nobody used this path because it was 20 points more efficient than prescriptive code compliance, and there just wasn't a lot of reason to do it. Um, so when I look at these numbers, and then I look at what I had to do prescriptively, there's not a lot of reason to use this path. And so because of that, nobody was using it. I shouldn't say nobody, very few people were using it. And so it wasn't really a compliance path from a practical standpoint. So 2018 came in and they, they changed the numbers to be at least closer to, not still not close, but closer to that prescriptive minimum compliance. Because again, prescriptive was still in that mid 70s range, maybe low 70s with a, a few tweaks that were in 2018, but not a lot. Um, so, so the code picked targets that were more likely to be used, still more efficient than prescriptive code. And I think in the end would save more energy because more people would use that more efficient path. But, uh, but they were, on paper, less stringent than 2015 IECC. 2021 gets a little more complicated. First, 
the, the numbers are ratcheted back down again. In fact, they're, uh, if you look at the ERI path, the, the one without the box around it there, you'll notice that those numbers are basically the same as we saw in 2015. So they reverted to those original targets, but the 2021 code is more efficient. So at least while it's still much more efficient than the prescriptive path, it at least is closer to that path because of the, the stringency levels than you might see, um, than, than you would have seen in 2015. Still very uh, aggressive as far as it, its energy targets are concerned, but it's closer to that prescriptive path. So it might get some use. Uh, but then you also have to consider that this code 2021 now requires an additional 5% uh, on, compared to that ERI target. So again, I, I have to multiply my target by 0.95. So here in the red box, that's really what the, the table should have said. The code would be simple if it just said, meet the target in this table, but instead it was meet it and beat it by 5%. So now you can't actually see your target in the table in 2021. You have to do that calculation or, or rather, if you wanna know what it is, you have to do the calculation. The software is gonna do it for you anyway. And we're now sitting at, in most cases, 50% or better than 2026, than 2006 IECC. So there are some limits on the amount of flexibility you get. You do get a lot more flexibility than R405 and R406, but there are some limits to that. And they change as we go year to year. So I wanna go through some of that complexity for you now. In, uh, in 2015, uh, I, I should start by, I'm gonna go climate zone by climate zone here. So um, I'm gonna cover all eight uh, and I'll show you how it's changed. So it, as we started in 2015, the backstop on insulation and windows was the 2009 IECC, very similar to how our 405 now has that backstop in 2021. Uh, but I'm gonna to toggle back and forth here and I'll show you what this means. So 2015, that meant that I could have a, a, a solar heat gain coefficient of 0.30 because that's the difference between 2015 and, and, uh, and the 2009 code in the prescriptive tables. So not a lot of flexibility there really, in fact, the, the 2009 code actually had a requirement for U factor in climate zone one, which 2015 doesn't, um, but 1.2, U-factor 1.2, you're not gonna see a lot of those. Um, so uh, there is some amount of trade-off in climate zone one, but not a lot. 2018, really there, there wasn't uh, uh, much change really from 2015 to 2018 on the backstop, except that there's this split between with solar or without solar. 2015 doesn't say, at all what to do with solar in the HERS calculation or the ERI calculation, it is included in that calculation. So a strict read of the code would tell you you could use your on-site generation to meet those targets in 2015. It's not excluded and because it's part of the standard, it is included. Um, so 2018 made sure that there was some clarity around that question. And they said, if you're doing solar, um, 
you're going to have less flexibility. And it, you basically had to meet the, I believe it was the 2015 numbers, which were the same as 2018 numbers. Didn't get much flexibility there. Um, but you still had it if you met the target without solar. 2021, the, the change is better uh, represented in, in other climate zones, but it's again with and without solar. With solar, I don't really have any flexibility here in this, in this climate zone. If I'm not using solar, then it, instead of referencing the tables directly, it says I have to meet the UA calculation, the whole building U calculation, U factor calculation, and I get an additional 15%. So it doesn't, it's less specific about its backstops and it gives me that 15% uh, flexibility on my building envelope. So let's look at how that looks in climate zone two, very similar. Well, actually there's way more, there's more flexibility there. So 2015, I could go from a R38 uh, attic back down to an R30. I have some flexibility on my windows. Uh, Likewise, if I'm not using solar in 2018, I've still got some flexibility. And in 2021, if I'm using solar, I can go down from an R49 uh, to an R38 in the attic because the backstop now moves to the uh, 2018 insulation level. So if I'm using solar in 2021, my backstop is different. This is very confusing, I know, as you're listening to this. So look at your code reference and see what your backstop is. Know that it's there. This is gonna kind of tell you how it works. 2021, if I'm using solar to reach my target, I, I can only really trade off that attic insulation from 49 to 38 uh, as far as insulation and window amounts. If I'm not using solar, then I've got just a general extra 15% of my UA calculation. Climate zone three, there's quite a bit of flexibility. In 2015, I could uh, uh, put in worse windows. I could put in less attic insulation. I could go down to a two by four wall, less mass insulation. Um, there is some flexibility in 2018 with solar because that's the difference between 0.35 to 0.32 is a difference between the U factor between a 2018 and a 2015 home and 2015 becomes a backstop if you use solar in 2018. Um, 2021, again, there's some flexibility. If I'm not comfortable with the R20 plus five, I could go back down to an R20. So just a two by six without the continuous, or I could do a two by four with the R5 to the exterior. I can go from an R49 to an R38 in the attic and I have some window flexibility. Um, as well as uh, this was 2021 was the first time that slab edge insulation was required in climate zone three. So there's some flexibility there. Climate zone four, um, there's a significant amount of flexibility in 20, uh, 2015. You've seen how it works. I'm not gonna go through a lot of the details. I'll point out 2021, I think the, the most significant trade-off I'm gonna see is going from that R60 attic to an R49 attic. It's more what people are used to. You'll also see there's an increase in the wall insulation. So you have some flexibility there, or if you're not using solar, again, you just get that general 15% uh, on your UA. Climate zone five, um, similar, except that, uh, Basement walls, you might have some flexibility there because 2009 had a lower number 
compared to 2015. Um, you'll also see that slab edge insulation like Climate Zone 4 uh, in 2021 goes from two feet to four feet. So you have some flexibility on the length. Um, other than that, it looks very similar to Climate Zone 4 in 2021. Climate Zone 6, uh, again, some flexibility on the walls and the windows, uh, mass walls and wood frame walls, and then the windows in tw 2015. Limited uh, flexibility if you're using solar in 2018. The same flexibility if you're not using solar in 2018 compared to 2015. And then 2021, you really have that R60 to an R49 or the 0.32 window to a 0.30. That's the amount of flexibility that you have there. And then finally, climate zone seven and eight are coldest climates. Uh, you'll see most of the flexibility as we go year to year is actually in the windows. That's where you see the most changes. So as the code progresses, that's where you'll see that flexibility in the ERI of having, you know, being compared to a previous code and being able to still do what you were doing in the envelope, but meeting an ERI target that's further down. Um, and then obviously in 2021, that R60 to the R49 is a big change. Um, so I hope that kind of explains how that works. Again, there's way too much detail to go into every single cell in an hour uh, in this, on this topic. So I'm just highlighting it and tell you, please look at your code and see what your backstop is. You know how much flexibility you have. Other limits, uh, you have to, you, you can improve something that would be mandatory like air tightness, but you can't be worse than it, except in 2021 where there actually is some flexibility around air tightness. Um, you can have the right amount of, of lighting, that would be in the calculation in this case, but you can't be worse than code because that's a mandatory target. Duct insulation, previous to 2021 had a little bit of flexibility around it. Duct tightness still has flexibility. So again, if I'm not good at sealing ducts, I can get some flexibility there in the code. Duct sealing, I still have to seal all my joints regardless of what path I'm using. I can take advantage of my high efficiency heating and cooling system, my high efficiency water heater, my and, and things, uh, uh, high efficiency ventilation system. All of those will get given credit in the calculation. The software that can perform this, again, is going to be Ecotrope Energy Gauge REM Rate. Those are the, the ones that do the calculation, um, and they will, they will uh, give you a ERI report. And you need to make sure that ERI report is not just the HERS index, because that's slightly different, and it's the ERI that's referenced by your version of the code. So make sure you've got the right code year there. A couple of quick questions about the energy rating index pass, and then I'll talk about those additional efficiency packages. If I use a R4, use R406 for compliance, my ERI must be equal to or lower than the required ERI or equal to or higher than the required ERI. Okay, equal to or lower is correct. That's good. Next question for R406 compliance. I can, can my heat pump water heater be used to achieve the required ERI? Is it 
taken into account in the calculation. Give it just a moment here to get your answers in. Yes, that's correct. It is taken into account. And that's one of the benefits of the ERI path compared to the R405 path is that the whole building and all of the loads get taken into account. So I hope that wasn't too confusing. It is very complicated to use. Fortunately, the software is there. So as long as you're understanding the mandatory requirements and understanding the backstops, the software will give you the answer um, as far as ERI target. For the additional efficiency packages, this is something that's new in 2021. So if you don't have 2021 IECC yet, it may be coming. Uh, if you do have it, well, nobody has it yet. Uh, it should be adopted by the first state, I think, pretty soon, but it's not quite anywhere officially. Um, anyway, it's coming for, for some states. Uh, additional efficiency packages, again, are required if I do the prescriptive path or I have the option of using that for my compliance in total building performance R405 as opposed to the 5% better measurement. So those are my two paths where I would do this. R406 does not reference the additional efficiency packages. So if you're using the energy rating index, these really aren't relevant to you. One of the packages is improved windows, improved, uh, 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 improved envelope, excuse me. So that in that case, it's 95% of the required UA or 5% better than my building envelope and 5% better on my solar heat gain coefficient. And better means lower on the solar heat gain coefficient in this case. Um, so that's, that's one of my options. So if I have a really good building envelope, this is the one I'm gonna pick. Uh, another is to have a high efficiency heating and cooling system. So 95 AFUE or better with a 16 SEER AC or better. Uh, heat pump targets are right there. You can see them on the screen, 10 H SPF or 16 SEER. Or if I'm using a ground source, I have to be 3.5 COP or better if this is my additional efficiency package. So if I'm already putting in one of these heating and cooling systems, that's my code compliance package right there. I'm gonna do prescriptive and I'm gonna do this, or I'm gonna do 405 and I'm gonna do this because I'm already doing it. Um, or if you're having trouble meeting the extra 5% in 405, maybe look at one of these options. Oh, one important thing on this is that the heating and cooling systems have to account for 100% of the load at that efficiency. So I can't have a 95A FUE furnace that is say a one ton that serves a part of the house and the rest of the house is by uh, you know, an 80A FUE furnace that, that wouldn't be allowed in this compliance path. For water heating, um, again, if you have, have an efficient gas water heater, an efficient electric uh, heat pump water heater or a solar water heater, that can be my efficiency package, additional efficiency package. Um, if I'm, uh, I have uh, ducts already in conditioned space, this is a great option for me. This is efficient duct distribution. I've got my ducts and air handlers within the building thermal envelope, or I have a ductless or hydronic system, or I have a uh, ducts loaded with, located within conditioned space. So within conditioned space, within the building thermal envelope, similar, right? Um, but 
that's the concept there. A lot of builders do this, and so it will be their additional efficiency package. I think this will be a pretty common one if they're already building this way. Another way is to have improved air tightness and high efficiency ventilation. So remember in 2021, I've got some flexibility from three ACH50 up to five ACH50 uh, in R405. So this in our in the total building performance or excuse me the the prescriptive option this is also a really great path because i've got to meet the three in prescriptive uh but then i have to have efficient uh uh ventilation system so it's an h and erv and then there are some efficiency targets around that equipment now you'll notice for climate zone seven and eight in 2021 they have to have an h and erv anyway and they they have to meet a three ach 50 if they're doing prescriptive path so this is going to be a really com com common compliance option in Climate Zone 7 and 8, I think, if you're using prescriptive. So those are my, my efficiency packages. Improved building envelope, improved heating and cooling system, improved water heating system, efficient duct distribution system, or tight envelope with efficient ventilation. One of those has to be choose if you do chosen if you do prescriptive. One of them has to be chosen if you don't want to beat the R405 target by 5%. So very quickly, if I'm using 2021 IECC, which of the following options are allowable compliance paths? Uh, and there are multiple correct options here that you can pick. There are a few that aren't correct as well. And I'll give you a moment because it's a lot to read. As we go through these questions, also think about any final questions you want to type into the chat before we wrap up for today. Just going to give it a minute longer for people to respond. Okay. So my options are total building performance with an additional efficiency package, yes. Total building performance with 95%, yes. ERI index with 5% better than the ERI in the table, yes. Prescriptive compliance or total building performance uh, option and one additional efficiency package, yes. One of the incorrect ones, though, somebody just changed their answer now. I can't do prescriptive compliance option without the additional efficiency package. And I can't use an additional efficient efficiency package for my compliance and energy rating index. And that is the final question. So if anyone does have any questions, we've got about, I wanna say five minutes left. Uh, if we don't have questions, that's fine, but please feel free to type them in or, uh, Aaron, if you've got a, a question you want to launch at me, that's fine. I know this was a confusing one, but it's uh, it's a complicated compliance process. Yeah, Joe, I think no questions. And uh, I want to thank you so very much for this module eight. All right. Well, thank you. And, uh, and if people do have follow-up questions on any of these, as you watch the recording, please contact Eva. They can get in touch with me if you don't have my direct contact information. Great. Thanks, Joe. All right. Thanks a lot.